Hollywood host of CNET's Anchor Newsletter. And I'm Tom Merritt, author of CNET's The Real Deal. Welcome to Buzz Out Loud, our podcast of undetermined length. <laughs> That's <laughs> the official new motto. That. I love it. <laughs> As yet, undetermined length. Actually, there's a very sophisticated <laughs> algorithm that we use to determine every length. That's true. It's podcast like the Fibonacci podcast. sequence. If you can unlock it, we'll send you... But if you're new to Buzz Out Loud, it shouldn't be longer than about 10 minutes. (laughs) Don't panic. You're not in it for the long haul. Not so mathematically inclined. Yeah. So we're a little late to the game, to the party, but um, I think we should bash on Vista a little bit. We should talk a little bit about Microsoft's (laughs) Vista. I mean, discuss. Kind of wondered what they're going to do. They went from the very venerable version system to the year system to XP. Right, which was short for experience. Or I mean, there was also other like, well, no, well, it wasn't really for experience. It's also for something else. Today I think, yeah, the they changed it because everyone made fun of it so yeah, much. Exactly. But now that made sense. <laughs> and now they have Vista. Vista, which I did not. Uh, I'm I'm ashamed to say, although I am a bit of a wordsmith, I did not even get the pun. The window, the Vista, mm-hmm. looking out the window. You're at the looking Vista through the window thing until I read it on some website, and, and then I was like, oh god. But they, uh, they, there's a now. How many? I've I only know about one possible copyright suit over yeah, Vista. I don't because there was, there's a software company called Vista, right? A business software and services company founded in 1999 by John Wall. Oh, not amused, Mr. Wall is not, not, not happy about that. No. There's also um, Vista Window Company, which makes windows. Ah, I know that's that's different though. That's like Linux detergent. <laughs> there is a Linux detergent in Europe, but it's, well, yeah, but Windows Vista, Vista Window, yeah, yeah, they don't do the same thing. I mean, I think the trademark thing isn't going to hold out, hold water there because they don't do the same thing, right? right? Isn't that some but part it of the is test ironic. for trademark yeah. violation? But it's funny, yeah. At, and Gadget helpfully points out that um, Apple was also sued uh, over Tiger by Tiger Direct, which actually is in the electronics and right. technology business, and just failed miserably. Apple was also sued by Apple Records. Yes, I know. That's when they got into <laughs> That's a whole other discussion. It was the whole iTunes thing because they got into music. Well, yeah. Because they, they got sued twice. Because they got sued twice. They got exactly. sued the first time. They're like different companies. Different and then they were things. like, we will never, ever get involved in Oops. music technology ever. We promise ever. Except, Except for this time. For later. <laughs> <laughs> when we do. Except in the next century. Yes. But that's a different story. Vista. I don't know. And when's it coming? I don't know. Maybe next year. I liked Longhorn. I thought Longhorn was a good name. I got really used to it. I mean, I can understand that Longhorn had become associated with never going to get released. Yeah. So you could, you know, they maybe were concerned about the brand implication there, but Vista? What about Windows 7? (laughs) 7.0. There you go. 7.2. That would have been fine. I know. Anyway. Anyway, no one likes the name. Big surprise. Moving on. Yep. Call us and uh, tell us what you think of Windows Vista. 1-800-616-CNET. Moving on to a Wired News Report via Slashdot, which is where we see it. Uh, Cell phones were used in a recent project at MIT to both document and predict the lives of 100 MIT faculty and staff members. Now, during the reality (laughs) mining project, as it was called at MIT, I'm I'm just reading this straight off of Slashdot, by the way. I'm not making this up. Nathan Eagle logged... (laughs) 300 proper attribution nathan eagle logged 350,000 hours of data over nine months about the location proximity activity and communication of volunteers through cell phones carried by the participants and from the article mm-hmm. given enough this data eagle's algorithms were able to predict what people especially professors and media lab employees would do next and be right up to 85 percent of the time yeah <laughs> i'm speechless i mean he can just Figure out what they're going to do. 
That it's is a sociological feat. It is. It's also just sort of one of those things that has scientists all over the world going, see, see, all we needed was the data. Like yeah. all you need apparently is a large enough data set and you'll be able to predict anything. Up Now up to 85% of the time. So it's, it's still within the realms of probability. I love, nothing is determined. I love this actually. There's a quote in the Wired story where he talks about <laughs> how he was able to see that the Red Sox... Winning the World Series, the, as it's called, the improbable breaking of the World Series curse, shook even the world of MIT engineers, he says. <laughs> quote, I actually saw deviation patterns when the Red Sox won. Everyone went deviant. <laughs> Funny. Yeah. Well, he Love also it. talks about uh, how one of the reasons that they were able to predict this is because the media lab has a very regulated right. schedule. It's not like these are just any old people that he picked out in the world yeah and they, and they live and die by sponsor meetings and he says you can quantify the procrastination level <laughs> leading up to sponsor meetings because they're right because they're doing the same thing every day so this may not work for rock and roll musicians who have much more scattered uh unscheduled lives right. or, or other other things but nevertheless it actually could though i mean given the regimented lives of most people it could work for everyone pretty amazing i mean then there's of course the problem of you know what it doesn't even matter. It's probably not going to be replicated in the real world on a mass scale, but it is just so awesome. It's also freaky. And, and when you talk about replicating it on creepy. a mass scale in the real world. That's, yeah, that's the part I don't like about this. That story. gets creepy. And yeah. it gets creepier that's as yucky. we think of our next story. Ooh, our next story. Which is a which uh, is biggest uh, spammer, <laughs> Russia's biggest spammer, brutally murdered. Also, we see this on Slashdot. Yeah, this is very interesting. You know, um, Robert Vomosi, our Security Watch editor, has written a lot of columns where he's kind of alluded to Russian mafia stuff. And he told me once that he was at a Black Hat conference and someone from Scotland Yard basically warned him about writing about the Russian mafia so often. Like they said, well, you have kids and stuff. Well, you, you know, Molly, there's like the the, word, this is not messing around. And the word mafia is not used at all in this posting. <laughs> right. So that has nothing to do with anything. All it says is he died after <laughs> suffering repeated blows to the head. Yes. He was brutally murdered. But he was a spammer. But geez, <laughs> come on. That's, that's I'm a, not even that's over the having line. that discussion. No. Anyway. I mean, maybe maybe beaten up a little bit. It's interesting. spamming, but... It says under Russian law, spamming is not considered illegal. Yeah, he, he did something else. It's not because of the spamming. Yes, because Russian mafia... I'm not saying anything about any no, alleged organized crime. <laughs> I'm just saying, it seems like all the technology stuff that originates from Russia right now is just really scary. Maybe we should get on to a safer topic, like unions. Yes, you shouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> Don't kill spammers. And <laughs> moving on, in Canada, <laughs> there is a strike against the telco. And apparently the telco has admitted that it has blocked... The union website. Which can, which telco is this in Canada? It is TELUS. 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 Just and T-E-L-U-S. So there's a Telus. strike and the, and the telco said, fine, we're taking down your website. Yeah, basically. <laughs> kind of illustrates the problems of uh, striking against those who control the information, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I guess they could put their website somewhere else, but yes. it was kind of silly to put it up there in the first place. Probably. Well, I guess so, but... But still. Still. Yeah. You're totally like, well, he was a spammer. <laughs> I, not, I said he was a spammer, but geez, that's over the line. I didn't yeah, right. say he deserved it. Tom's a little Darwinist today. <laughs> and I'm just saying, you know. Well, they weren't dumb enough a, to put up the website. I mean, if you're in a union, you know that the, the companies that you strike against are going to stop at nothing. 
So they should. This shouldn't be a big surprise to the union. That's all I'm saying. Yes. Well, it sounds like they're not surprised. They're just really mad. Yeah. And they should be. Yes. And they may have done it on purpose so they could get mad about it. <laughs> ah, As a negotiating. A tactic. conspiracy theorist and a Darwinist. <laughs> anyway, that is uh, pretty much all the time we have for today. All right. Well, if uh, you all the want, undetermined time we have for today, you want to call us out one eight hundred six one six C N E T or uh, give us an email buzz at cnet.com. dot com. B u z z at cnet.com. No threats in Russian, please. Thank you. Bye.